0: WestJet pilots have issued a 72-hour strike notice. What does this mean for people who have trips booked in the coming days and even the coming couple of weeks? We check in with Marty Firestone from Travel Secure to talk about the implications of this strike and what insurance can do for you if you already have it. The future of Portage Place. We spoke to urbanist Brent Bellamy about the proposed deal that was unveiled just last week. He is excited. And Martha Stewart hits the cover of Sports Illustrated's Swimsuit Edition at 81 years old, which got us asking you, what do you hope to be doing at age 81? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, May 16th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb back in the studio after broadcasting live at IG Field yesterday as Blue Bombers training camp is underway and all things considered in spite of the fact that uh, I certainly was not dressed appropriately and thus was frozen. right. Better that we did the show yesterday than Mm. today because smoke.
1: It's 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 such a different 24 hours. I mean, again, by the end of yesterday, I was doing what Greg said by the end of today, some of you are going to be complaining it's too hot out here. And that was me on my bike ride (laughs) around four o'clock. Oh, my gosh, it is so hot out here. But the air quality seemed good, despite some of the warnings out there. And then this morning, as soon as I stepped outside before 4am, you could smell that smoke and I'm You know, south of Winnipeg, so further south from any fires in Manitoba or or BC, and just happens to be the way the wind is blowing. You can't see the sun; it rose and then disappeared in that haze, Greg. And no matter where you go, you smell that smoke this morning.
2: It was a Star Wars like sunrise, and then sort of a backward sunset because it set up into the into the haze and into the smoke. It it was was never fully visible. And now you can't see the sun whatsoever from 30 floors up. It looks like a foggy morning, but that is uh, absolutely smoke from wildfires to our west. And so let us know if it's impacting your breathing. 204-780-6868. Because if the green pollen that has descended from the sudden explosion of of the the trees uh, coming to life in our city hasn't been enough for you. I've had a green film on the roof of my gazebo and on my hot tub tub cover the last couple of days. And I saw a commercial last night for allergy medicine. And that's what they depicted was this sort of green film on top of a car. I'm like, that's (laughs) what I have in my backyard. So some of you might be seeing that. And that's. That's a visual representation, uh, representation of the the pollen that has to be causing problems for people like you, Brett.
0: Yep, my allergies. I've taken allergy pill number one so far of the day. Sometimes I don't do it immediately. I might. I'll wait to take it if I need it. But I just I got to work. It sat down. First thing I did was sneezed. Like, yeah, I better get this done now. And Grab then that if bag I take and give it a look,
1: shake. Where's your bag? <laughs> yeah. Because he pulled this bag out about 10 minutes a small ago. small pharmacia. It's, a, it's like a bag. garbage bag. <laughs> it's
0: just a stupid kitchen garbage bag.
1: But, I was like, what else is in there? It's not as bad as it looks, but I thought you had come literally with your medicine cabinet. Okay,
0: so I've got my, uh, my. those are my allergy pills. I've got some uh, Robaxacet that uh, helped. Uh, hopefully helps out with producer Jeff Fortier. I have an asthma puffer, but it's basically dead, so I should get that reloaded. Yes, you should. I've got uh, a couple of and a couple extra contact lenses just in case. And because like, of I,
1: itchy eyes or just because,
0: just to, because uh, some in case the because this my right one is, like I'm essentially there. i am wearing them beyond their expiry, so, so sometimes uh, I got to take them out.
1: I just and, thought uh, sometimes the rubbing with you know when you get allergies in your eyes just start to swell up. And yeah, that could that, that, that I actually you know what.
0: I think the contact lenses act almost as um, a, a shield, Oh, a shield.
1: Allergy shield.
0: Sometimes, yeah, because interesting. I... Interesting. Particularly... I know this is analogies, but, but um, cutting onions I doesn't to- bother me if I'm wearing my contacts. Oh, that's interesting. So I don't know. I'm not proclaiming contact lenses as a no, shield. No? I just sometimes wonder... Eh. But if something does get in my eye, if it gets under my contact, then it's game over. Game over, sure. And I also have a uh, leave.
1: <laughs> Just in case. So- well, it's, you know, we had asked Environment Canada yesterday about pollen and whether they monitor for that. And that's not part of their purview. But they did have an air quality advisory out yesterday due to the wildfires. And today you would argue that it's hazier and you can smell it more. But there is no air quality advisory in effect at the moment it's you know they look at that fine particulate matter and they're saying right now it's fine so it's interesting because it feels like it's worse today than oh, it yeah. was yesterday but maybe breathing wise there's something different in the air I don't know it doesn't add up to me but we'll have to figure that out
0: yeah it doesn't for me either because you could like as soon as I stepped outside it was almost like you could t- taste it mm-hmm. like i the, the the back of the throat was already scratchy so I don't know It smelled like, in my in my point of view, was like every.
2: It was like I was uh, camping. It was like everybody was having a campfire in my neighborhood, and that's exactly how it smelled to me. Uh, I'm fortunate; I don't have allergies. I have a sensitive sense of smell, but I don't have allergies to the point where it, it it impacts my breathing and then it makes me feel queasy or uncomfortable in that sense. But boy, could you, I mean, you can smell it. I'm sure this morning, if you slept with your windows open last night, you can probably smell it in your house, too, because we could smell it. In the elevator's coming up because there's yeah. so much fresh air, quote-unquote fresh air, in those elevator shafts. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting day, to say the least. And I am surprised, as I go onto the Weather Network, they're rating air quality as one. Uh, air quality index is one, which is better than yesterday at about this time. Well, no, it's not. And so I'm curious as to whose responsibility it is to update these sorts of things. Well, again,
1: things. there's like they're measuring different things. So there's, there's the smell you're noticing, but then they they look at like um, nitrogen dioxide that might be in the air, the different like matter that might be floating around, and maybe that's not there despite what we're smelling.
0: Do we have any fires in Manitoba?
1: We do have a fire. We have several fires in Manitoba, but from what I can see on the website that I looked at this morning, there's five or six of them. Most of them are considered maintained or just being watched. And then there's one out of control uh, near Chickamac, First Nation. So that's just Northwest. Well, not just Northwest. It's far Northwest of Winnipeg. And it's not, doesn't sound like it's, too close to the community right now, but they are dealing with their own air quality concerns up there, I'm sure. And so we'll monitor that throughout the day. And I don't know due to the wind patterns, if that's what's blowing smoke down here. I ha- I suspect it really is the, w- the wind's shifting things from the West because overnight we also had communities in BC evacuated, you know, another 10, 20,000 people put on alert. And so there's just more fires burning. Uh, it feels like everywhere right now.
2: Yeah. It was at Fort St. John just across the Alberta, British Columbia border, just, uh, just to the northwest of uh, Grand Prairie in Alberta.
0: It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. WestJet pilots have issued a 72 hour strike notice to the company and the government as their union warns the airline could be shut down right before the May long weekend.
3: The Airline Pilots Association says in a news release that pilots plan to begin lawful job action early Friday morning, which the release says could include grounding all aircraft and effectively shutting down operations. Bernard Lewell, who heads the union's WestJet contingent, said last week the workers' issues revolve around job protection, pay and scheduling, with
1: some 340 pilots leaving the carrier over the past year and a half, mostly to other airlines. The union represents some 1,600 flight crew at WestJet and subsidiary Swoop and had warned Friday a walkout could come as early as this week as talks dragged on. Nicole Rees, the Canadian Press. So we want to go now to Claire Newell as with TravelBestBets.com. And she says anyone who's thinking about traveling or does have a ticket booked really needs to pay close attention to what unfolds over the next few days. And it's going to be time sensitive for those who might have like tours or cruises or need to be at a wedding. I mean, some people go the day before a wedding. If it's a flight that they, they have an option for that's 48 hours later than the original, that's too late. The wedding's over. So there might be a lot of you with travel plans out there. I'm putting up my hand as one of them. And so if you got a flight that could be interrupted, Newell says you have the possibility of booking a fully refundable flight on a different airline as a backup plan. But we're gonna speak with a hope to speak with a travel and insurance expert later on the show, Greg, because I really would want to know that's a guarantee for me if I'm making that backup plan without having to fight to get my money returned. And then just sort of the stress that puts on people. I get that they're they're looking at wages, they're talking about scheduling, there's been a lack of pilots out there, a whole sort of flux in the industry, but if you're planning to get away this weekend, you are pins and needles is not what you're on. You are stressed. You
2: are stressed. It uh, could be a whole lot of driving going on. I know some folks that have uh, sporting event uh, obligations in Regina this weekend. And so uh, they were planning to fly. It looks like they're probably making backup plans to drive right now. And so there are a variety of reasons why you might be traveling. But I would say that the real negotiations probably begin now. For whatever reason, we work to deadlines in life and labor negotiations seem to take on that same same life of their own when it comes to conversations really getting down to the nitty-gritty. Will they avert any sort of action here? That's obviously the million, billion-dollar question because even if you have the wherewithal to book on another airline, we know how difficult flights have been to book. Is there even Are there even seats available to book on other airlines? When's the last time you were on a flight that wasn't absolutely jam-packed? So this, this is not good for the economy. This is not good for the psyche of travelers who have already been uh, battered over the last several years. So we'll see what happens here, Loren. When's your flight scheduled for, may I ask?
1: Next Thursday, I'm out, but it's the flight back that's a WestJet flight. So, you know, I'm rolling the dice that in 15, or sorry, 12 days or whatever that adds up to that this is resolved. But my other question, and and Marty Firestone of Travel Expert Secure just emailed now to say he will join us at 7.50. My other question would be, if I don't book a backup flight on another airline, am I going to get reimbursed for the flight that doesn't happen due to a strike? Is that covered? I want my money back.
0: Right now, we want to talk air quality and Greg uh, Darlene weighing in after her morning walk.
2: That's right. She says, I would like to dispute that good air quality today. I walk every morning. Yesterday, it was fine to walk. This morning, it is affecting my breathing. I don't suffer from allergies or such, but struggling this morning. And I think that was in reference to the fact that on my weather app on my phone, it's saying air quality one, like better than this time 24 hours ago. Well, no. That's definitely not the case, Lauren.
1: Yeah, it depends on who you are, maybe what you're doing today. But we wanted to find out what is and what does go into that assessment. So we're joined now by Brian Luzny, Environment Canada Meteorologist. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. So first of all, we've got that haze, so it's clear we've got smoke in the sky and we can smell the smoke. But it doesn't appear that we have any sort of air quality advisory. So can you walk us through what goes into that?
4: Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, So, yeah, this morning, yeah, people are going to be smelling smoke for, for an hour or two. Um, and then we should ju- and then the, any of the that's kind of the high, higher level smoke that's being brought down to the surface with a, with a kind of a weak cold front. Uh, but that should pass uh, later this morning and we'll kind of the, the surface level smoke uh, is gonna get back to uh, uh, the high level smoke and kind of just experience the haziness uh, for the rest of the day. So it should only be a, a brief period. Uh, this morning where you're you're smelling the smoke kind of thing. And that's why I know a special air quality statement was issued. um, When there was one in uh, central and northern Manitoba last night where the smoke was uh, a lot worse for a lot longer.
2: That sounds like good news in terms of this being what we're seeing right now being short term. Is there any reason to believe that we might see it like this either overnight tonight or tomorrow morning, Brian?
4: Um you mean like this as in uh As, as we're in, seeing uh, at the
2: moment, yes. Uh
4: yeah, so basically what we're seeing now uh should move into kind of western Manitoba uh later today. Uh but the there is a stronger cold front Coming uh through Saskatchewan uh tonight and into tomorrow, and so there's a chance that tomorrow afternoon uh, a lot uh, uh, a large area in western Manitoba and possibly reaching Winnipeg could see uh smoky conditions again where you can actually smell it uh, and with that uh it still might be uh it's still determined whether we're going to have a special quality statement out yet, but uh, that's about uh you know t- 30 hours away from now.
1: Yeah, so Brian, I'm curious then, is does the time that that smoke might linger weigh into whether or not you put that advisory out? I mean, you're suggesting this morning that that smoke will dissipate and move up higher, and so therefore is it because it will only be around for a short time that we don't put out an air quality statement?
4: Yeah, it's a combination of two things, but that's one of the factors where we, if it's, if it's expected for uh, two hours or less uh, and it's not significantly uh, causing you know, hazard uh, to our health, uh, then we'll, I've issued a, the, the forecast to put local smoke becoming hazy later this morning. But if it were expected to stick around longer, or if the smoke were to be as bad as it is in, say, northern northern Alberta, uh, even for a short time, that, then we would definitely issue the special air quality statement. So it's kind of a combination of two factors.
0: And the forecast for tomorrow is calling for wind out of the south. 30 to 50 to start, and then uh, switching to the north, uh, 30 kilometers an hour in the afternoon. So, But will that, that gustier south wind uh, push any of this smoke and haze out?
4: Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, kind of after this morning, uh, as the winds push east into western Manitoba uh, and then out of the south, we shouldn't be seeing any more ground-level smoke affecting our, our air quality, uh, and not until Wednesday afternoon when the north winds kick back in.
0: Brian Lusney with Environment Canada joining us live. Thank you very much for this, Brian. We appreciate it, sir.
2: No problem. Have a good day.
0: Okay. Well, that's terrific
2: e- Terrific explanation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to, 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 th- to think that it could come in so strong. In the morning and then later this morning could be sort of back to what we were dealing with yesterday, which was it was hazy, but it wasn't bothering anybody.
1: In in some ways, it sounds like a blizzard warning, right? There's all these factors they weigh in with the temperature, the speed, how much snow is going to come. But duration is a big part of it. And so that's clearly the case for the air quality. But I would say to anyone who is venturing out on a morning walk this morning, you do need to be aware that if you're someone who has breathing issues, you might notice that smoke, as Darlene said, and she found it a bit harder on her.
0: In the meantime, at 641, do we have time? You want to do this Tim Hortons situation? Okay, because this was a story that uh, uh, is gaining a lot of attention, and it has to do with a brazen theft at a Winnipeg donut shop over the weekend, and it shocked onlookers who weren't quite used to seeing something like this in their neighborhood, Greg. It
2: shocked me to see the video uh, supplied to Global News. This video shows a woman stealing a donation box from the store counter right in front of customers and employees. Global's Rosanna Hempel tells us what happened and what one advocate hopes we all keep in mind.
3: In a matter of seconds, a donation box that helps send underserved youth to camp was stolen from a busy Tim Hortons in the middle of the afternoon Sunday.
5: People in the, sh- the shop, I mean, they were, it was pretty disturbing to say the least.
3: Global News isn't identifying the man who supplied us with this footage due to safety concerns. The video shows a woman prying and yanking on the container before making off with it through the front doors. The witness says he was shocked to see something so brazen in a neighborhood he thought was safe.
5: This is something you don't really experience in this this area. So people were incredulous to say the least. The entire store kind of went quiet for a second when people realized what was happening. Nobody really wants to get involved because there might be repercussions, nobody wants to get assaulted.
3: As of December, property crimes in Bridgewater Centre were up nearly 71% over the year before. It's among a long list of neighbourhoods experiencing big jumps since 2021, numbers which also surpass pre-pandemic levels. Kate Kaler with the Social Planning Council of Winnipeg acknowledges incidents like this can be startling for bystanders and viewers but hopes they can make room for empathy for those likely in need of help. Desperate people do desperate things. In a province with the highest child and family poverty rates, Kaler says more meaningful addictions and income supports would help curb poverty-related crimes. I think what's very important for people to, to for this is to be a reminder of is poverty is everywhere. Yes, the inner city and the north end is harder hit by it, and there's no doubt about that. But it's everywhere in our city, and so we should all be aware of it, and we should all be doing something because it does affect everybody. Tim Hortons didn't respond to our request for a comment, but news reports show their donation boxes have been the target of several thefts across the country. Winnipeg police say they're still investigating Sunday's incident. No arrests have been made. Rosanna Hempel, Global News.
1: I know there's some who are going to watch that or hear that and think, no, what we need to be doing is coming down harder on people who do this kind of crime. Um, that, that when someone steals something, there needs to be consequences. Personally, when I watched that suspect yank at that box repeatedly and try to free it to get whatever, what was it, What would have been in there, $20, 30 maybe 50 I don't know. I doubt it was that high. All I, I felt that desperation and I felt nothing but sadness watching that because when you're at that point, you're making some decisions that none of us hope to ever make in life. And you're gonna someone's going to call me a bleeding heart, but I just felt sad.
2: I would want to know what the situation is. What Why, why are we doing this? Why are, why are you in a situation that you need to be doing this and uh, work backwards from there? And if this is a, a, a continued and a regular criminal behavior by this individual, then maybe you take one track. If there's social issues uh, happening, then you take another, but. Yeah, that, that, that was tough to watch. No doubt about it.
0: You can watch it at cjob.com and feel free to let us know what you think at 204-780-6868. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. One of the top stories at globalnews.ca today is Martha Stewart, 81, becomes oldest Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model ever. So that's going to inspire what we are about to discuss, Greg. I'm actually surprised that there is a Sports
2: Illustrated swimsuit edition any longer. Not, hey, I'd... I've got stacks of that magazine from over the years and that was the highlight always. Are not uh, they
1: advertising the suits? Like this, if I want to buy a new suit no isn't idea. it all about the bathing suit? I, Just showing me different suits to I, buy. Sure. How to stay fit. No.
2: Yes, that's what it's all oh, about. I what, that's it's what it's that always point been was. about. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> suit for sale, suit sale.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think so, but I was uh, heartened when I saw this uh, headline, when I saw this story, and when I saw this picture of Martha Stewart like good for you Martha I mean if you go back to the uh, financial crisis in 2008 I think she was the only person that went to jail in all those people that were corrupt and 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 working behind the scenes to mess up our financial system Martha Stewart was the one person that needed to go to prison her association with Snoop Dogg is fantastic and I think all the things she's done ever since has just made her an absolute icon. She was an icon before she went to prison. Now she's next level, and, there, and I think this is next level still.
1: There's so many people waiting. And oh, it's airbrushed or it's been touched up. I went and watched okay. the video that was taken. She still looks fantastic. And find me a 21 year old on you. the cover of that magazine that hasn't been had some touch up to it. So the magazine and her photo aside, you had a good question this morning.
2: Yeah, fill in the like. When I'm 81, I hope I'm still doing what. Fill in the blank.
0: 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets to see Shania Twain, November 7th, Canada Life Centre, when she comes back for her second show. So, Sarah McCarthy, let's start with you.
3: Yeah, I was inspired by my grandmas, who I look up to, um, and they were always just dressed to the nines, just till until they pass. They were so dressed up, so well put together, so I just hope I'm doing that. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'll jump out of a plane or something. Haven't done that, so maybe by 81, hopefully. A little scared of heights, that runs in the family, but yeah, dress nice and jump out of a plane. <laughs>
0: That skydiving, it, it is cool. Yeah, it's scary, but yeah. once you get up there, it's it's a, it's a fantastic, mm-hmm. one of the most relaxing things ever.
3: Relaxing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> once you once the chute opens and then okay. it's calm. Once you get
1: there, yes. Okay. Yeah,
0: and then it's because it, it it goes from chaos to being the most calm environment I you'll ever experience that. because it's just. You can't hear anything up there. Oh, but yeah.
1: you do think you're going to die for the first, yeah. like, yeah. The, so <laughs> it's a real, like, contradiction of emotions, yeah. but yes.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's, it's absolute chaos and anarchy, and then it's just calm and silence. But then you got to get back. Then you got to worry once you get close to the ground because you got to get to the ground (laughs) safely. So
1: (laughs) Uh, Forte, what about you? Okay, so there's this video that I've seen years ago and it still runs on the Internet and I still see it from time to time. And there's this little old man and uh, he's at this dance. and He's got two canes. And I'm telling you, once the music starts going, he just throws the canes and he just gets right into it. Like, I just want to be hip like that guy. I, just, I want to be able to dance still, even though I can't dance now. But I just want to be able to, to groove, man. I want to have some life in me. That's fun. That's
0: a positive one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was trying, I just had to get under the desk this morning to to unplug something <laughs> and the amount of, uh, uh, of care that I'd put into just descending to the ground. And then when I had to get up to ensure that I didn't wrench my back or land awkwardly on my knee.
1: It was like a slow roll down. You did. I was like, are you okay? And you said I meant to do that. Yeah, and you I thought, thought I, I fell off I the don't... chair. It was uh, awkward. It was an awkward descent. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm feeling that pain today. I got, I got a lower back pain, and uh, so oh I'm, I'm literally walking around here like an old man. So, uh, yeah.
0: Getting old sucks sometimes. I know. I know. Cameron Poitras, what about you, sir? Uh,
1: what are those
2: socks that you have to, like, when you get older, you have to wear those Orthopedic? socks? Oh, yeah, as long as I'm keeping those off, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> it all comes <laughs> those, back to the feet, eh, one with, Yeah, well, yeah, I, gotta, I don't want to be wearing any sort of socks. I've got to be still rocking these sandals when I'm 81, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, those those like uh, I don't want to say, it, but like the they, the, it's like those ones they they keep pressure to mm. keep, As long as I'm not I'm wearing those things, I'm happy.
0: What if like you try having them somebody on and you to like them
2: though? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would, but well, like, like the compression. Is that yeah. the compression? Yes, the compression so- yeah, I compression think. socks. Yes. Exactly. For your
1: veins and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be
1: happy. You know,
2: but you know, mind body that sort of thing. Loren, Pretty what about
1: simple.
2: you? It. <laughs> <Anyone>? <laughs> You hope you're still doing. Oh yes. Okay. It <laughs> took me a moment there.
6: Uh,
1: I just mean, you know, like this whole idea that there's this 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 deadline to which you hit a certain age and you can't do these things anymore. You shouldn't be doing it, or you're perceived to be like, oh, you're too old for that. Even your idea of clothing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just you're too Dressed old enough. to be wearing yeah. that. It's like yeah. I don't know if I get if I get to the point and I want to be 81 in a bikini or like finally put on my first mini skirt. Or I don't I don't care who's judging that. I just want to be. Out there, and it is also an answer,
2: <laughs> and Mackling, sixty seconds. mine's similar to uh, Forche's uh going to see Bruce Springsteen in November, and I missed him. Some would say in his prime. he's seventy three, but I've been watching these videos of his concerts all over the world. And man, the guy can still groove. He still gets down. And just like Mick Jagger, he owns the stage. So yeah, I want to boogie. I want to keep dancing. I want to be at concerts. And still enjoying having a good time. And if D. Snyder is still dressing the way D-, yeah. D. Snyder was dressing back when he was in his 30s, that means he'll be in his 90s, and I'm all for it.
0: And if you were asked to list the things that might lead to dementia, heart disease, stroke, what would be on it for you?
1: So you might talk about exercise or diet or alcohol or smoking, but uh, we're learning now that loneliness really needs to be added to that list. Researchers have been looking into this link between loneliness and mental health for years now, talking about the fact that it can actually change what's going on in your brain, the way it connects, the way we think, and Greg, the way we interact with each each other, which is why our next guest is putting out a survey to try to figure out what's going on, particularly with seniors.
2: So let's talk about said survey. Dr. David Kahn is the co-chair of the Canadian Coalition for Seniors Mental Health. Uh, Dr. Khan, thank you for joining us this morning. Yes, good morning. So this is something that's been on, on the radar, as as Loren mentioned in the preamble there. This has been on the radar for a while. It, has the data been formalized? Is that what you're trying to do here?
5: Well, no, there's already a strong uh, association or link between social isolation and loneliness and all sorts of health outcomes. So it doesn't really matter which health outcome you look at, whether it's uh, cardiac disease or cancer or stroke, there's a higher risk uh, if if you're socially isolated and or lonely, even a high, quite a significantly higher risk of death actually in the long run. So um so we're all of a sudden saying hey this is a healthcare issue this is not just a social issue it's a social issue plus a healthcare issue and we have to pay attention to it and uh, what the canadian coalition for seniors mental health is doing is actually we're creating guidelines for healthcare providers and social service providers on how to actually approach this issue and help our patients and our clients. And, uh, and as part of that, we're doing a survey, a survey of older adults so we can understand their perspective uh, on social isolation and loneliness and, you know, what, what could actually help them. And, and do they actually think that healthcare providers can assist, you know, because some may think, oh, that's not a healthcare issue.
1: Yeah, they might be used to going to the doctor and saying I have chest issues, chest pains or, you know, numbness or all the rest. They might not be talking about their loneliness. So what sort of questions right. are you asking in that survey, Dr. Khan?
5: Well, we're asking them uh, exactly those kind of questions. We are asking them, of course, if they see this as a significant problem in their lives. And I think we've all actually become uh, much more aware of this during the pandemic, where we, most of us actually felt some social isolation or loneliness, I think. And, and uh, so, yeah, we're asking them for their, their perspective on it, you know, whether they think that it's affecting their health. We're asking them if they think that um, they'd be willing to talk to healthcare or social service providers about this issue, and if they think that you know there could be help at hand by by doing that. It's quite a simple survey, and would uh, would be, it'd be great if some of your viewers would be willing to take the uh, short online survey.
0: Well, in a, in a moment, we'll get you to tell us how we can do that. Curious to know why the focus just on seniors, uh, because uh, for example, you, you refer to the pandemic and in the the height of the pandemic, you know, I'm a single guy, live alone, don't even have a pet. Uh, so there were times where I was uh, alone in my apartment and, uh, I, I, I often think about, did, did that have any sort of effect or what sort of changes might, might that have made in my brain? Because there'd be days where I'd wonder, like, what am I thinking about here? So why the focus just on senior, seniors?
5: Well, primarily because I'm a geriatric psychiatrist <laughs> and you know, I work for this Coalition for Older Adults. But uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. This is uh, an issue that affects people of all ages and um, can potentially affect health of, of, of people of all ages. So it's, uh, you know, seniors have some extra vulnerabilities because of things like um, medical medical issues and hearing loss, things like that, that can actually really impact your ability to interact with other people. But, but you're absolutely right. This is an issue for, for people of all ages to take notice of. And you know, if you find yourself becoming more withdrawn or socially isolated, it's, it's a good idea to actually think about how to correct that.
2: Can, yeah. you, can you actually become a, a sort of addicted to that and that even if you've been that outgoing person all your life, you've been involved in activities? I don't have to list all the things that might have mm-hmm. made you feel good about life, but can you fall into a rut, a pattern that, that takes you down th- this dark path, Dr. Khan?
5: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's um, it's a kind of negative cycle that one can get into. And, you know, sometimes depression is part of that. So actually, um, if someone feels depressed, that, you know, social isolation, wanting to withdraw from other people can be a, a real signal there. So important thing for people to think about uh, the possibility they could be becoming depressed. And, and of course, we have all sorts of great treatments for depression. But you're absolutely right. We're creatures of habit. So a lot of us got into bad habits during the pandemic that were kind of forced upon us. What do you hope to do with the results? Like once you get the survey
1: and you're, mm. what, what's the what's the next step?
5: So we're going to use those results in in creating these guidelines, the clinical guidelines which, you know, tell and inform healthcare providers how they should assess the person, how they should offer interventions, what the approach should be. So the survey is a vital building block in creating these national guidelines, which will be released later this year, and we hope they'll be helpful and impactful. Where can we do the survey, Doctor, before we let you go? Thanks, yes. The, uh, our website is www.ccsmh.ca, and the survey will be up this week on that site.
0: Dr. David Kahn, co-chair of the Canadian Coalition for Seniors Mental Health. Thank you very much. We appreciate the time.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: It's Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. If you've got a flight booked on WestJet this weekend, pay attention because the union representing the airline's pilots have set a 72-hour strike notice. Yeah,
1: so that puts them on a path to walk off the job by Friday unless, of course, a resolution is reached. Marty Marty Firestone is the president of Travel Secure. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'd be concerned, though, if I had a flight booked this weekend, so let's pretend I do. If I was getting ready to go somewhere Friday or Saturday on WestJet... What should I be thinking about or even doing right now, Marty?
6: Uh, I would be concerned, as you say, if we had a flight booked for the weekend. But I think I'd even be more concerned if I was leaving today or tomorrow with a return flight scheduled for after Friday. That worries me more. You're here, here in Canada. Hey, look elsewhere for potential flights that you can get out and go and a return with that same airline The ones who are going to worry are the ones who are leaving today and are coming back on Sunday, and there will be no WestJet flight to get in on Sunday. What are they going to do, and what are they going to be compensated for if they have to stay longer?
2: Well, let's talk about that. First of all, uh, the options in Canada are very limited compared to, say, the United States. So what advice do you have for folks who are in that exact situation that you just outlined?
6: Yeah, the, the air passenger rights in Canada are weak compared to other countries especially european destinations so the bottom line this is my advice i think you have to document keep all receipts have everything very organized cuz ultimately you're going to go back to westjet and you're going to request either refunds if the flight was canceled or delayed alternate arrangements that you had to make keep those receipts accommodations food expenses anything that you had to incur because they went on strike these are the things you're going to need to claim either from them small claims court or under the air passenger rights act
2: Including, what if, I, what if I decide to rent a car, say, Marty? Say I want to get from Toronto to Montreal or, or even Winnipeg to Regina. Is, is that something that I should consider making sure I go after the airline for?
6: Absolutely. I mean, this is the gray area that we're not going to find out until, unfortunately, it's too late and you're going to try to do it. There is no rule book right now that says you can rent a car and submit that as an expense, but I would highly suggest that if you go that route, then you're going to claim it. And you know what? That's going to be a lot less than you booking an airline with a, a flight with another airline. So I think they're going to have to be looking at everything on a case by case basis, but there's the problem. Who is going to review? 50,000 complaints or refund requests. And that's why we're going to get right back to where we were six months ago with all the craziness and and chaos that was at the airports.
0: So if I do end up booking on another airline and I don't end up needing that flight, am I covered for that or does it depend on my insurance
6: policy? Okay, so let's, insurance as you know is my expertise. So let's address that one real quickly. If you bought trip cancellation insurance prior to this morning, (laughs) You are okay, okay? And why I say that is effective As of this morning, all the insurers have clearly said this is now a known cause, much like COVID was a known cause after the World Health Organization announced that uh, it was a worldwide epidemic. Too late now to buy trip cancellation insurance and expect to get coverage. Had you bought it? prior to today, then you are entitled to claim, again, only after the airlines refuse to pay anything here. Remember, insurance is not going to pay and the airline. You're not going to double dip and get twice the money back. So bottom line, if you had insurance, it's good. As long as the airline doesn't look after your needs, they will cover the difference or
1: pay for it. Let me selfishly ask this question now, Marty, because I have a flight back next weekend from Toronto on WestJet, going down on Air Canada back on WestJet. It was just the more cost effective way I did not buy flight insurance but if they are still on strike and I choose an alternate airline to come home does the airline not still have to reimburse me for that it's not my fault that they went on strike
6: Exactly, they do. So I think that's the route you'll have to go if, in fact, it's still on. You're asking me, though, a question that I have to believe this is going to get settled in the next three days. I just can't imagine WestJet and Swoop and all the problems related to it is going to happen. I I believe in my heart that they are going to come to an understanding. I don't know how and whether they're going to pay them what they expect or not, or whether they're just going to not strike, but this will create... Tremendous problems if, in fact, it goes into uh, play on 3 a.m. on Friday morning.
2: Yeah, we know you're not a labor lawyer, but I have the, and neither am I. But I play one on the radio from time to time, and I have the same sense, Marty. That there's just too much on the line here.
6: Yeah, I, I think we've come through three years of absolute, you know, chaos. We can't afford another thing like this. Someone's got to give. Hopefully, both sides give a bit, and they come to an agreement that will avoid this. Because if it happens, we will have a real problem, and it will linger for months and months and months.
0: In terms of the cost of of flight cancellation insurance, let's say you've got a flight Winnipeg Toronto. What would a typical uh, package cost for that?
6: Yeah. So uh, a rule of thumb is that it's about seven to eight percent of the sum insured. So if it was a thousand dollar flight, hypothetically, then then you've got you know a. $75, $80 Seventy-five, eighty dollars $80 to cover you for what they call cancellation and interruption. Cancellation, you didn't get on the flight, couldn't go. Interruption, you're already at the destination and you can't get back, so you have to have coverage for a new flight back. Food, expenses, accommodations, that's called interruption, and that's embedded in the price also. So it's not crazily priced, but effective this morning, you're too late. There is no insurance that's going to cover you because it is a known cost.
0: Marty Firestone, the president of Travel Secure, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Marty, that was great. Thank you, sir. Anytime. Thank you. And again, let us know at 204-780-6868 if you've got travel plans booked with WestJet in the coming days or the next couple of weeks. And hopefully that situation does, in fact, get resolved uh, before it affects anybody's travel plans. And just very quickly here. If I am 81 and I'm doing this, what would it be when this listener says, or this actually has to do with the loneliness, doesn't it? What's a, what does this person say? here? There's a text that was flagged here. Yes, indeed, Brett. Uh, and I've lost it. Well,
2: we were okay. talking
1: just after seven about this loneliness survey for seniors and the idea that they're trying to get a sense of what's going on out there. It's an epidemic According to many researchers, and, and what's going on? Well, a listener said, I'm a senior. I live alone. I work in a busy place with many employees. The only time I ever feel alone is on breaks and lunch where every single person stares at their phones. So I guess I feel most lonely around other people.
0: Wow. Wow. That is powerful oh. feedback. Thank you for sharing that at 204 780 <laughs> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We first say hello and happy belated birthday to listener Donna Devons, who is celebrating, just celebrated her 60th in Verona, Italy, yesterday. And she sent us a picture Jim Cuddy doing the wine tasting tonight, Jeffrey Kelly from Spirit of the West, and Tara Lightfoot, all all standing beside her in this picture. In
2: Verona, Italy. (laughs) Yeah. And she's taking a moment to text us because she's away on this incredible trip. And still has time. She's grateful. She says to be able to hang out with us in the morning, even though she's on holidays. I guess it's the afternoon
0: for her. Donna, thank you very much for that. And happy it's wine birthday.
1: tasting time. I think I would get. Oh yeah. if I was that's in, right. You're time? In Italy, that's twenty four seven. Three p.m., four p.m. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sounds good enough to me. Uh, We're asking you, if, at age 81, if you're still doing this, or what would you like to be doing at age 81, inspired by the fact that Martha Stewart at age 81 is the oldest cover model for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And as always, we go through a couple of runners-up before we pick our winning text. Maureen, what does Maureen say?
1: Well, I had filled in the blank. What would you like to be doing (laughs) at 81 with it? Yeah. Maureen replied, I'm with Loren. yes, yes. Yes. Also, I hope by 81 I'm at my ideal weight and not constantly worrying about what I'm eating L-O-L. Yes, lifelong battle, that
0: question. Shannon actually had a similar note earlier saying, at this age, I hope that with all of the aches and pains and whines every time you move, that we can still hear the music and still be able to do <laughs> the wild thing do the wild without, thing, without ending up in the ER in traction. <laughs> 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 atta girl, atta girl. <laughs>
1: um,
0: John in North Kildonan, in your neck of the woods, Mac.
2: When I'm 81, I just want to be able to play
0: football catch
2: in the 1970s, my best friend Murray and I played. Played catch in the sun. I taught my daughter to throw a spiral when she was 10. She's a former Blue Bomber cheerleader. Every family barbecue, we play catch. Yesterday, I played catch with my 9-year-old grandson, Sean. He's a natural. The troubles of the day and the aches and pains drift away just by playing catch. I hope 13 years from now, I can just play catch. Thank you, John.
0: That's lovely, John. That is a wonderful one. And so, as always, difficult to pick a winner, but and Karen is our winner today.
1: Karen says, interesting contest today. We were just in L.A. to see Willie Nelson's 90th birthday concert. That was just a few weeks ago at the Hollywood Bowl. Two nights of the most epic lineup of musicians. Tom Jones, Neil Young, Keith Richards, George Strait... Beck, Cheryl Crow, Chris Stapleton, Snoop Dogg. Come it on. went on and on. Willie played about an hour to end the show both nights. His voice and guitar playing were still really, really good. Not just good for being 90, but legitimately good, says Karen. The backstage footage and stories we heard from the RV park they'd set up behind the stage really seemed to apply that's where the real party was. Willie was doing what Willie does best, playing poker. Playing music and making lots of smoke. I guess where I'm going with this is that at 81, I'd still like to be doing all the same things that make me, me right now. Just like Willie and Martha. And I'd like to start hanging out with Snoop Dogg like both of them.
2: Well done. Tied it
0: all
1: All together.
2: together.
0: Well done, Karen. Perfect stuff, Karen. Congratulations. You are going to see Shania Twain on November 7th at Canada Life Center when she returns to Winnipeg after having just performed here over the weekend. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hal Anderson joins us in our next segment to tell us what's coming up on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. But right now, after years of debate... Over the beleaguered downtown Winnipeg Mall's future, Portage Place got a massive shot in the arm Friday with a joint announcement from the province, Shared Health and True North Real Estate Development. The
2: ambitious, multifaceted plans for the property include a complete overhaul into a three-part campus featuring a healthcare hub, affordable housing, a grocery store, green space, and arts and culture services. Loren, the project comes with a $500 million price tag.
1: And, you know, when you first look at a project like that, you have your immediate reaction in terms of what the designs might look like, what you think about the cost, who's paying it. But sometimes you need to let them marinate a bit, digest what's in those plans before you kind of come off with what can be a knee-jerk reaction. And because we had the Grace Radio-Thon on our Airwaves Friday, we didn't get an opportunity to speak to our next guest which we normally would have done to get his thoughts on the proposed reimagination of Portage Place. Brent Bellamy is a senior design architect for number 10 architectural group and joins us now. Good morning, Brent. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time. I'm curious when you first saw the plans and then heard more of the details, did any of your viewpoint change? Like what was your reaction from the beginning to now?
7: You know, when I first saw the images, um, I'm not going to lie, I've it, it's hard for me to get excited post pandemic about downtown. It, there's been so many uh roadblocks and stumbling blocks and hurdles and it if you walk downtown every day, it's just a depressing place and it, it really it lost so much momentum before or during the pandemic and it's it's been heartbreaking for me. But when I opened those images and I read what was happening, I was excited for the first time in a long time about what downtown could be and I really was thankful that a local developer has taken it on because you can see the difference between this and the previous proposal from a Toronto developer. They really seem to understand what Winnipeg needs, what downtown Winnipeg is all about, the sort of the intricacies of our downtown compared to a downtown like Toronto, and they're really addressing some of those issues. And And the more I think about it, and I had, you know, debates on Twitter and online and and I got more and more excited as I defended my position for of being really excited and, and and the more I think about it the the better I think it is and I'm really glad that, that somebody is taking it on and, and that it's a local solution because it really comes across as a local solution and I'm really excited about that.
0: No, Brent. When we discussed this last week, of course, some of the immediate reaction from some uh, was along the lines of, "Ah, it'll never work. They, if they don't clean up downtown, it'll never work." So, what's your reaction? I'm sure that that kind of uh, sentiment was in your online debates as well.
7: It was, and that's what I love about it so much. It's not trying to make another mall. It's not. It's it's a really unique solution by by using uh, healthcare as. Sort of the anchor driver of the project. I think it's really ingenious because it's it's something that's recession proof. You know, it's work from home proof. The future of downtown is to attract people, not in uh, business suits working in office buildings. Like it, it has to be new uses and people coming to people coming to downtown, um, really it, for really good jobs. Um, people coming, thousands of people every day coming to use. Um, those facilities, I think, is really going to be the cornerstone of that development. And, and I can't imagine another use. Like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, has used uh, medical as a driver of downtown renewal. They call it Eds and Meds, actually, education and, and medical. And they've been really successful in, in bringing people to downtown. If you think, you can't just throw up residential towers and hope people are going to live there. You have to give reasons for people to come downtown. And if you're working at the pan am clinic on grant you're likely not going to live downtown but if you're going if you're working at the pan am clinic on portage avenue you might live in the exchange district in a cool loft so i really see that as a, as an amazing driver of um bringing people to downtown every day but then also the, the functions around it um, that really address the neighborhood itself and i think that's critical that it's it's addressing both the neighborhood and the people living around it, and also bringing people to downtown.
2: Lots of history there, Brent. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've lamented in the past that, that one of the things that, that Winnipeg did wrong, even with all the grandiose plans of the early 1900s through the 1920s and even into the 30s somewhat, was moving the University of Manitoba to the Fort Garry campus and the change in the, and the impact that leaving and growing the University of Manitoba downtown may have had for Winnipeg's downtown?
7: I always say that's the most impactful thing that ever happened to downtown Winnipeg was the University of Manitoba leaving. It was right in front of the, the legislative building where the, the park is right now. Can you imagine if the, if the University of Winnipeg and the University of Manitoba were both beside each other in downtown? it would be a real, like, you look at Montreal, they have a similar situation, and it's, it's a lively place, and that's my hope for this development, is that the research piece of the medical really begins to take off, and, and there's a sort of complementary development that connects to the University of Winnipeg, into Red River College, into the University of Manitoba, and really grows the, not just the providing medical care, but the research into medical, and, and, and that piece of it, I think, is a real exciting piece that could grow into the future to make downtown Winnipeg sort of like a tech hub. And that's what's happened in, in Pittsburgh. It, it's become sort of a research and technology hub based around medical. And that, that's a really exciting opportunity for this.
1: So you're at the end of the day, you're a design guy, Brent. So we're talking about all the pieces of, you know, health and helping people with their maybe addictions, helping them with their surgical needs, bringing people downtown to work, bringing people downtown to access those services. And then in hand in hand, you know, those who might be in need, you might have the opportunities there. When it comes to just the design, when you look at what it might look like, how do you react to that? And and what, what else might you like to see that helps with not just that connectivity in theory, but with actually in walking down the street with the flow of just being on Portage?
7: I really love the idea that they have of breaking open uh, Edmonton Street and connecting Central Park to the rest of downtown. I think it's Portage Place is not an ugly building; it's not a bad building at all, but it does create a real wall along Portage Avenue, and it sort of connect or or creates a disconnect between those two neighborhoods. I love the idea that they're pulling the, the Central Park neighborhood through and connecting both sides of downtown. My one criticism, I think, is and I know it's early, and they'll get to it is how the, I really hope they uh, think about how the building addresses Portage Avenue, because Portage Avenue yeah. is the the key frontage, and how it interacts with the people on Portage Avenue, I think, is going to be critical to its success. I would love to see the retail, I know they faced it towards Central Park, I would love to see the retail face Portage Avenue, um, maybe the, the food court that they have, the food services, is sort of buried in the middle of the building, I would love to see that maybe uh, expressed on the street, instead of being internal like a a shopping mall but you know really paying really close attention to Portage Avenue because I think that's going to be what defines the success of the design of the building if it really interacts that's the problem with with Portage Place today it doesn't really interact with the street in the way it should so that's my only hope is that they really think carefully of how it addresses Portage Avenue but from what I've seen so far, it's really uh, moving in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I think we've had that discussion, the idea that Portage Place directed everything sort of inward and it's back, uh, much as we did to our rivers for so long, Brent. Uh, the back of the building was facing Portage Avenue, and that that obviously uh, led to some of the issues we've seen today. But overall, I would say this just indicates that that finally, look, the idea of the shopping mall in downtown Anywhere is something that's been tried and and proven more or less unsuccessful. Not everywhere, but a lot of places. It just simply didn't work as an urban uh, revitalization project. And how can you argue against it when the very face of Portage Portage Avenue at Polo Park is going to change dramatically over the next five, six, seven years as Polo Polo Park itself? The first, wasn't it the first shopping center in Western Canada is going to reinvent itself?
7: Yeah. And honestly, I think if we want to support this development and also the Portage or the Polar Park development is moving our rapid transit plans from a 2045 plan to a 2030 plan. You know, bringing if there's going to be thousands of people coming every day downtown to to work and to go to the medical clinics and having thousands of people living at at Polar Park, connecting those two with our rapid transit system, which is the plan. I think will be a real um, driver and, and sort of light a fire underneath that development and, and ensure its success. So that's what I hope the city is going to do to really push the, the success of both of those developments forward, connect them with transit.
0: Brent Bellamy joining us live on 680 CJOB, Senior Design Architect for Number 10 Architectural
6: Group. Brent, always love talking to you. Thank you for this.
7: Thanks. Have a great
0: day, guys.